welcome to the world's famous Jiggy Jaguar radio program. Raw and uncut, Jiggy Jag, you know how you do it, you know what I'm saying? Broadcasting live from Hutchinson, Kansas. Well, I'm sitting here with a linguist. I had a no idea. <laughs> I, love I didn't that. know you were, but I didn't know that you were a wordsmith. <laughs> Call Jiggy right now. 267 22 Jiggy. Hey, Jiggy, what's happening, man? Must be that David Bowie song. Jiggy play guitar. It's a great name, man. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Presenting. I'm Mike Massey, and, you know, you can catch me on Jiggy Jag TV and see a few of my tricks up there. Thank you very much. Jiggy Jaguar. I never knew what freedom was until I saw you lose yours. Oh, you sexy little minks. I don't know what that means. It is the world famous Jiggy Jaguar radio broadcast. <laughs> coast to coast, but on the tune in on the iTunes and the radio loyalty. Get a hold of us each and every day at JiggyJaguar.us. You can download our app. You can stream the show live. You can. Watch all our videos. You can participate. You can you can partake in our podcasts. Podcasts. I heard the radio industry is all about getting into this new thing called podcasting. <laughs> oh, the radio industry! How you just are so far behind. It is. The big program, thanks for joining us here, and uh, you know, I often on this broadcast complain about the radio industry. I bitch complain about the radio industry, but and I, and I have a kind of a dim outlook on the radio industry. I, I, I view the radio industry as probably um, going the way of the dinosaurs here very soon. <laughs> However... I finally met someone who I think has more of a problem with the radio industry than I do. <laughs> My buddy Condi out of uh, McPherson, Kansas. Works at McPherson Radio. He's the news director there. Condi thinks the radio industry is going to be out of business in two years. <laughs> I give it five, but he's... <laughs> you do what you want there, Condi. <laughs> and we are going to try to get a hold of Darla Bayer. Bayer. I think it's Dar... We'll find out from Darla. Uh, is this is this Darla Bayer? I hope I got that last name right. Bayer. Bayer. Damn it. I was right the first yep. time. Uh, <laughs> Festival director, Jukebox International Film Festival, and she joins us today here on our big broadcast. How are you today, my friend? I'm good. It's a beautiful day out. Now, uh, tell us a little bit about what you guys are doing over there with the Jukebox International Film Festival. Well, the International Film Festival is a music-based film festival. Um, we have short films in um, uh, documentary style, narrative feature length. Um, we have music videos, all sorts of different music-related films. That's awesome. 
That's awesome. Now, uh, what was the idea behind uh, setting this up? Because th- this this is, from what I can tell, this is the first of its kind. Or, or are there others that, that are like this? <laughs> well, you know what? We think it's the first of its kind as well because <laughs> we just we have not um, seen anybody doing music film festivals. It happens that we had done a few different film competitions around here, and we've got some budding filmmakers, some really awesome filmmakers, some professional, lots of lots of newbies. Um, but we've done that now, and we'd like to expand. And so I was looking around thinking, well, what, what could we do a film festival around? Well, we have lots of trains here. We have lots of mountains. <laughs> you know, it's, it's Carson City. We've got, you know, it's Nevada. Yes. But one of the great things is the Jazz and Beyond Music Festival in August. Well, I, I tell you, this 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 is a heck of a deal. Um, give us give us a little bit of, uh, of 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 more of a history of this. Why did this come together? Uh, some of the reaction you guys have had to this, various things like that. Well, everyone we've told about it, they go, "Oh, that is just awesome." And one of the things that I like is um, recently, well, about a couple of years ago, a friend of my daughter's created a film. He's a filmmaker. He's done lots of different films. But his film was called Find Your Way. And that is about buskers. Um, You're familiar with what buskers are? Oh, yes. Yes, indeed. Yeah, people who go out and perform on the street. And it was an awesome film. So we had a screening here in Carson City. Lots of public came in. And after the film, we had a Skype interview with the director. And it was just, it was inspirational. And the whole music thing, um, we had, gosh, we had musicians galore and filmmakers galore at the um, screening. And that is kind of what made me want to go with a music film festival. That's Um, awesome. As far as where we got started, I started about six, gosh, maybe eight years, maybe eight years ago now, a group called Wired Wednesday Digital Artists. And we meet once a month on Wednesdays. Wired Wednesdays, um, and we share with each other um, filmmaking, digital photography, any of the digital arts, audio, you know, so on and so forth. Um, we help each other create films, and we do hold the two competitions. We've got citywide short film competition once a year, and Carson Creepy Horror Film Competition. That's and awesome. These competitions are week long. We give them a list of genres they can choose from, and then they have to use three different prompts, a sound effect, a prop, and a line of dialogue, much like the Flower Film Project. That's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. Now, uh, what, are the, uh, what are the films judged on as far as criteria, things like this? Well, <laughs> um, they have to have some sort of music theme, and we're not just looking for music in the background. Okay. We're looking for um, maybe a story about a musician, a songwriter, maybe about a band, a band that's gone on the road. Um, it could be, heck, it could be about a past musician's life, you know, somebody who's even passed away. Yeah. Um, just about anything long as, as long as it's music-based. As far as music videos go, we prefer it to have some sort of a storyline with music, but if it's just a band, that's fine, too. Our judges will be looking at quality and interest to an audience. 
That's fantastic. Now, uh, do you guys have uh, a, a way for folks to to vote online? How, how, how does this happen? How, how did the uh, how does the voting take place? What, what what what's some of the criteria? Things like that. Well, we will have an audience choice, and that is based on the screening. But we have been toying with the idea of actually putting it on Vimeo and having people watch from there as well. Um, we prefer people to come to the festival because, you know, the more people around, the, the better vibe. You know, everybody around enjoying the film and then getting to discuss it afterwards. Um, when the filmmakers come, we like to have them go up on stage and talk about the different kinds of things that they did, you know, the, the pros and cons about making this film, the troubles they've had, the wonderful experiences they've had, what kind of cameras they use, what kind of editing equipment. That's always the thing that I'm interested in what they used to make the film. Yeah. Now, uh, how how long has this been in existence? Well, it is a brand new festival. Oh! The first wow, that's pretty amazing. You you guys are uh, yeah, but we, you guys are terribly organized for being first year. What the hell's going on over there? <laughs> well, because we've done the competitions before and, you know, we we know what we're doing with those, but we've also yeah. got somebody helping us out with promotion and stuff. And, yeah, it is the first year, but a lot of us have been doing so many of the festivals out there that we know pretty much how to do it. I've yeah. been to a ton of festivals, and, you know, when I started going out to festivals, I, I started, you know, keeping a mental note as to what I wanted to do and how to um, create our own that's awesome. That's awesome. Now, we've got a uh, great guest with us today. Darla joins us. She's the festival director of uh, the Jukebox International Film Festival. And uh, what's what's been the, the reaction to, to folks around the world and filmmakers and, and things like this as far as the festival itself and, uh, and, and you guys hosting this and putting this together? Well, people are really excited about submitting their films. Quite a few films are their first time showing, you know, their premiere showing. Um, it gives people an opportunity to get that film out there and get some feedback. Um, it's it's just so exciting. We're we're really excited about doing this. Now, uh, what what are what are you guys planning on doing as as far as after the uh, the event is over with and moving forward and and, and getting into like year two or, or beyond? Well, you know, we don't know exactly how it's going to go into the future because this is year one and we haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> but we're really excited about it and um, hope that it will continue on and on because it is something different. Um, you know, there's a lot of festivals out there that are based on science fiction and horror, love stories, um, but as you noted, there's very few about music, if any. So we hope that this will take off really well. Now, uh, before we let you go, how do people get a hold of you guys online and uh, participate with you guys? Well, they can. Um, actually, it's Jukebox International. I think it's J-I-F-F. Gosh, I don't actually send you that. You need to look at it. <laughs> I, I believe it's jukeboxiff.org is the, is the website. At least that's what I've got in my email here. 
Um, yeah, I didn't have that right. <laughs> hey, that's that's fine. Well, you that's you 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 are a busy busy individual, and be able to put this event together and have partners and venues and sponsors and be organized on social media and everything. I I I, I have talked with festivals and organizations where they don't even know how to set up a Facebook page. So you guys oh, are sorry. you guys are leaps and bounds above everybody else. So not not remembering the website or having it on hand at the moment uh, if that's if that's your worst problem you guys are doing just fine <laughs> except I, I have it now it's jukeboxifs at gmail.com fantastic and to submit a film it's at filmfreeway.com and you just um, search on jukebox and it'll come up we are still accepting films up until the end of July I think maybe they're Maybe some dates into August. Um, let me just look and see what that final date is. Whoops, that's not going the right place. Anyway, filmfreeway.com is where you submit your films. To get tickets and such, you can just um, email us at um, the jukeboxisf at gmail.com or if you have other questions, you can also talk to me at DarlaEdits2, that's the number two, at gmail.com. Fantastic. Well, have yourself a uh, wonderful, wonderful event, and uh, looking forward to uh, possibly uh, when, we're, when we're out in uh, the Nevada area in January, maybe we can uh, set up a TV interview with you guys and, uh, and, and get a follow-up on how the first year went. That would be a lot of fun, and we appreciate your talking with us today. Definitely. Well, have yourself a wonderful day. We'll talk soon. Appreciate it. All right. You take care. Thank you much. That, of course, Darla Bayer. Bayer. See, I screwed it up somehow. I don't know. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Dr. Han will join us here on our big program. on right now to the Jiggy Jaguar website. We have all the updates and all the bits online at www.jiggyjaguar.com. The Jiggy Jaguar Show on JiggyJaguar.com. Yes, indeed, it is the big broadcast, coast-to-coast, border-to-border on TuneIn, iTunes, Radio Loyalty, Stitcher, and, of course, a brand-new Jiggy Jaguar app available in the App Store, JiggyJaguar.us. You can stream the show live, 24-7 replay, exclusive news and programming information. 
Our next guest and our next segment is coming up here in just a few seconds. But before we do that, let's tell you about one of our great new marketing partners at Transmedia Worldwide. My daughter has had a gallbladder removed and is lying in a hospital bed. After the surgery, there was an infection and other complications. It kills B to see her like this in so much pain. Come to find out, my wife and I do not have the funds to cover most of the hospital bills. Every little bit counts. Thanks to everyone and their future support. Help spread the word. Go to GoFundMe.com slash distract dash my dash baby dash girl dash from dash the dash pain. And tell them you heard about it here. Transmedia Worldwide. This call is now being recorded. We are back here on our big broadcast. Dr. Han joins. Doctor, how are you? Very good. How are you? Pretty good, actually. Let's talk a little bit about your book. How are you today with the book? How's the book doing? The book is uh, just came out this week, and, and I'm very excited about it. Uh, the book is called Distracted, How Regulations Are Destroying the Practice of Medicine and Preventing True Healthcare Reform. And, um, you know, it's, it's, I think, a really uh, unique and untold tale that, that, uh, that I've come upon in my very small medical practice um, that I think actually might hold the key to, to fixing health care in this country, which, of course, is a very big issue this week. Well, doctor, uh, why did you decide to write the book? I decided to write the book because um, I'm a practicing family physician in a, a small town in western Maryland, um, and I, I actually live in a small town in West Virginia. And day in, day out, I see, you know, the real effects of uh, a broken American healthcare system, um, and it's it's incredibly um, demoralizing and frustrating to see people um, who need care and and care is readily available, but but our our system essentially keeps people from it, um, and it keeps uh, it keeps me from providing the best care, and and it's really um, it, it's something that I think we absolutely have to fix, um, and in 2009, I, I went in the opposite direction of most physicians. Instead of going to work for a large healthcare system, which is what most physicians do today, I opened up this small practice. And it turns out that, that in helping to run this practice, and my wife is the practice manager, we are so much closer. We are, we are down at the ground level, and, and I started to witness things that I was just unfamiliar with prior. And, and it turned out that it really held uh, the key to me to how we could actually fix things. We've got Dr. Hans today, author of Distracted. He joins us today here on our big broadcast here on iHeartRadio and 50-plus AM FM stations across the country and around the world. Now, uh, with this book, what do you want readers to take away from your writing? What I want them to take away is that we can fix American health care, that, that every American can have high-quality, affordable health care. One of the keys is to understand that there is a bureaucratic logjam uh, that has gotten in the way of, of Americans getting care and of my providing care. And what I go through in the book um, are the, the details of, of the, that logjam and, and the unique ways that I think we could fix things. 
We've got uh, Dr. Hahn with us today, author of Distracted. He joins us today here on iHeartRadio. Now, um, the, the book is incredibly well written. Tell me about the writing process. Well, it, it's the, the type of thing, you know, I don't consider myself uh, a writer. I did publish another book earlier this year called Staying Alive, The Signs That You Have to See a Doctor Right Now. Um, and, you know, I, I started writing uh, a couple of years ago really out of frustration, um, both with what I was seeing uh, every day in my practice and with, you know, the political process. Um, uh, I just don't see things getting better, and, and people suffer and people die um, when we don't fix health care. So I, I began to write that first book, Staying Alive, which was really geared towards um, personal health. Um, and as I wrote that, I, I realized that a lot of what uh, I was dealing with were the, the barriers to people getting care. And, and so the idea for, for Distracted began to, to bubble up. Um, and so I, I, uh, I started jotting down the notes, and, and it was just something that uh, I almost had trouble uh, not writing. You know, every week there is, is some horror story that we witness that doesn't need to happen. And, and again, it's, it's a horror story that involves someone's health, um, which, which uh, you know, often involves an awful lot of, of, you know, real suffering. And it's just something I felt, uh, as, I, as I saw this, compelled to write. We've got Dr. Hahnman's today distracted uh, is the uh, amazing, amazing. Now, now with, with this book, you've got all these other books out there. Uh, give us a little bit of a synopsis. How, how do these books compare to each other and uh, contrast with each other? Well, you know, I take the view that, that there's three problems in the American healthcare system. Um, there's a lack of access to care, there is the high cost of care, and there is the poor quality of care. And uh, I, I think I take a very unique view in, in that uh, as a practicing physician um, in a very small uh, practice, I get... Uh, a unique view of what's going on and, and so when my wife and I began to do what we you know hoped was going to be the simple process of getting paid for for appointments we discovered that there was this incredibly convoluted process um, that uh, the calculations that I have to do as as I see uh, a patient just to calculate the amount that I'm allowed to charge for an office visit. It's, it's incredibly uh, cumbersome, and most people have no concept uh, of, of, the, of the fact that the doctor is doing that while they're seeing the patient, that they have to go through this, this incredible calculation where I have to count the number of body parts uh, I talk about with a patient. I have to count the number of body parts I examine, um, and I have to estimate the complexity of my medical decision-making, um, and, and that combines into this really bizarre formula that, uh, that enables me to choose a code that I then have to uh, send in to, to get paid. Um, and then we really became you know, all too familiar with the fact that, that a medical bill, um, and, and in a practice like mine, um, to put it in perspective, 
maybe I make $75 per an appointment, and, and that $75, it, it, the bill may have to go six different places before it all gets paid, and, and that's, you know, it's, it's a process that invites errors. It's a process that invites denials, um, and I think it's something that, that most people are unfamiliar with, um, and, and most doctors are even shielded from the process. But what happens is because of all of that administrative waste, the costs of health care go up. It prevents us from focusing on improving care because we are all consumed with that process of getting paid, and ultimately that leads to high cost which is what prevents us from providing access to so many Americans. So I think it's a, it's a really um, unique take on what's going on um, that most people are unfamiliar with. And again, I, I think um, in the details that I go through in the book, it, it reveals uh, a fix to American health care that we're just not talking about, uh, you know, when we go through all this political rhetoric. Now, um, with, with this book, um, you've got a lot of people, I'm sure, that have, checked in with you on a few other things. Um, what, what's been some of the reviews you've gotten on the book so far? Well, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to say that, that there are people that, that uh, understand what's going on and, and, you know, people in the know who see that, that, that this is kind of a unique take on things um, and that if we do focus on the details of what's going on, that, that we can um, get beyond this this political rhetoric, um, which has not helped to fix things, and there are real solutions. Um, I uh, I blog regularly on my own site, MatthewHanMD.com, and and many of my blog posts uh, end up um, uh, being posted on a very popular uh, medical blog site called KevinMD.com. And so, for instance, my most recent blog post uh, was about the new health care bill and the back and forth that it generates um, online is just incredible. You know, people are, are extraordinarily frustrated with, uh, with what's going on. But, you know, when we really focus on the details and we look at what's going on, it, it turns out there really are fixes. Now, um, this, this book has been getting a lot of good praise. Any uh, criticism from anybody out there? Well, um, of course, yeah. You know, I, I think um, that there are a lot of opinions uh, in healthcare, and, and you know, the 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 biggest hit that I take is that some people just don't think we can do it. Uh, they are so frustrated um, and so cynical about things, and I, I understand where that cynicism comes from. It's it's been a, a long, convoluted process trying to fix this. Um, and so, you know, anybody that, that suggests um, uh, ideas and, and has a vision, you know, uh, can, can get uh, criticized by, you know, this is all pie in the sky that you're talking about. And, and, um, and I address that in the book. I say, you know, look, I've, I've got a book filled with really great ideas, but if, if we can't, get through the bureaucracy, um, if we can't get past the, the greed, then, you know, this has all just been uh, a pointless exercise. So, you know, I, I point towards the fact that we need to figure out how to 
um, fix you know American government bureaucracy if we expect um, healthcare to improve. And, and as I speak to my patients all day, they they echo that that same sentiment about other industries. So so it's it's something that I think is universal in America that that we are kind of caught in this this bureaucratic mess um, and. Uh, you know, a lot of people think there's no way out, um, and a lot of people say that you know, you know, government is bad and 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 the bureaucracy is is evil and regulations are terrible. And, and but w- what we really need to focus on is a better way to regulate. You know, um, uh, there are a lot of bad regulations and there are too many regulations. But um, as I pointed out in the book. An absence of regulation also can cause problems in, in um, the computerization of, of American health care. The, the first problem was the fact that the industry was unregulated, um, and that created any number of problems. And, and subsequent to that, the industry was overregulated. So the key is that there does need to be regulation, but it needs to be a better type of regulation and, and often with a softer touch. Well, the book is incredibly well written. You've gotten a lot of uh, good praise. You've gotten a lot of good criticism on this. What's next for you as an author? Well, um, first of all, I need to see this book through. I think I think this summer, you know, the book came out um, at an auspicious time. You know, at, at the very time that we're talking about healthcare reform in this country. Um, uh, this book came out, so I, I hope that it, it generates, you know, a lot of conversation over the summer. Um, I can certainly see writing a book that is more particular to healthcare reform, sort of expounding on the, the final chapter in my book, which I call The Big Fix, um, was kind of a, a short summary of, of what uh, the book revealed and, and then kind of delivered how we could approach healthcare reform, but I think there's an awful lot more detail that I can talk about. And, and what I've got in my mind is uh, a healthcare reform plan that both Republicans and Democrats could love, because I, I think there is such a thing out there. And and uh, this book um, begins that conversation. But I think I think there's another book uh, in me that I'm beginning to work on, um, so that we can really focus on. The, the major issues of a health care reform plan, um, again, that, that everybody could actually love. We've got a uh, tremendous guest with us today. Dr. Hahn joins us here on our big program. And uh, this book is amazingly put together. You've, you've, you've well-researched it. You've done all sorts of different things. Tell us about the research process. Well, um, uh, you know, first of all, I live it uh, all day long, um, and, and so that's what really informs the book. Um, almost every chapter includes uh, vignettes, you know, from from patient experiences, and and they're just astounding um, the things that happen, and, and that's what really, you know, informs the the book. And, and then I looked into um, a lot of the regulations that exist uh, in terms of, of payment uh, for medical services and uh, began to write about that. But, but um, where I think some of my uh, experiences is really unique, uh, it turns out 
that one of the, the biggest and most important issues in American healthcare is, is computerization. The, the EHR, or electronic health record, which is, you know, if you go to the doctor now, it's more than likely that your doctor's staring into the abyss of a computer screen. And um, uh, effective computerization actually is one of the cornerstones of, of you know, taking American medicine to the 21st century, but this is something that, that is really now an impediment. Most doctors are using systems that they absolutely abhor um, and, and that distract them from taking care of their patients. And it turns out that, that uh, I, I'm not really a techie, but I got involved in, in a project to create uh, the world's first great EHR, um, and so I'm, I'm the chief medical officer of a company called Oxbow EMR. And what I can say is that um, I know from, from inside information, because I've, I've worked so closely on this issue, I know that we can create um, a great system uh, that doctors can use, um, and, and that has been a really unique experience for me. Um, it turns out that um, usability is, is the great frontier uh, in, in medical computerization. Uh, many doctors are using software systems that, that just don't work well. They, they are probably harder to use than the paper charts that we had, you know, many years ago. Um, but I, I am fully aware and fully confident that, that we can actually um, break through these barriers and create uh, the system of our dreams. And again, that's, I think, that's one of what I call the, the building blocks of healthcare system success, that um, here we are fighting over um, how we should structure payments for healthcare in this country. Should it be this multi-payer system? Should it be for-profit? Should it be single-payer? Um, and we're missing a lot of these really key points that we could be fixing things in American healthcare that are incredibly important, like um, having a, a national um, software system for the country. Now, uh, give, give us a little bit more details on the national software system. Well, um, so it, it's really an interesting story um, what, what happened um, in terms of the computerization of American medicine. Um, everybody knew um, in the late 1990s and, and early 2000s, everybody understood that um, having all medical care documentation in, in paper records in doctors' offices and in hospitals was a huge impediment. Um, it, it was costly. Um, there, was, there was no good way to get information out of those charts. Um, and so, but everyone assumed that with all the great things that computers did, that, that computerization was really a, a simple thing, that it was just going to take place. And it was interesting when the first systems began to come out um, in the early 2000s, doctors like me tried them and, and found them just unusable um, and, and really very, very expensive. So an interesting thing took place in terms of, you know, the regulatory story that, that I talk about so much in the book. The Bush administration decided that the only way that we could handle this was to allow the free market to, to wave its wand and that, that the best software systems would come forward and everybody would be using them and they would be affordable. And, and that just take place. It was really, really interesting. And so by around 2010, very few physicians were using um, systems. 
And so then the Obama administration gets involved, and they over-regulate um, the, the industry, and they offer a bunch of incentives and penalties for doctors to begin using these computerized systems. And, and because of the penalties, many doctors did begin to use them, and probably most of us do now. But it turns out the systems are still um, largely unusable and very, very expensive. Um, and so we've really got to figure out how to get out from under that mess before we can move forward. And I really think the best way to approach that now is, is to, for, for government to jump in and, and, and in a helpful way uh, this time right this wrong. And I, I think we need to have a national competition um, to create the, the first great system and that it is of vital interest that once that system uh, is available, that we distribute it at, at low or even no cost to, to, to every physician's practice and every health system that is interested in such a thing because um, with such a system, with a usable system um, that takes advantage of all of the, the technology um, and, and data mining that we are capable of and a system that communicates um, between, you know, different systems, we could do unbelievably great things um, with medical care in this country. And that's, that's the theme, another theme of my book, that, that if we worked within a system that encouraged great care, we could be working miracles all day long. We really could. It's, it's really a failure of ideas, and I'm very confident that if, if we could break through the political mess um, that with many of the ideas I'm talking about, we could have the, the healthcare system of our dreams. We could have the best healthcare in the world, which we, we used to think we did. What uh, with this book, on, um, have you had any uh, medical professionals or anybody reach out to you and, uh, and, and give you any criticism or feedback or anything? Well, you know, I, I, I certainly have had many of my physician colleagues read the book, and um, I think, you know, the, the comment on the cover of the book is a great one. Dr. Cynthia Dragula, who is a, a surgeon at the University of Maryland, said, Dr. Hahn has given the desperation of America's doctors a voice. And, and that, you know, I think has been the, the major response, is, is that um, doctors and patients really are – are suffering through this. There's there's so much demoralization, um, and and I think uh, I did give uh, kind of a unique voice to to that to that frustration. And so I, I I've heard a lot about that 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 people, um, especially physicians, um, are inspired to hear someone finally writing about this, and especially on the levels that I'm writing uh, about it. Um, but yeah, I've I've certainly um, had doctors of every persuasion um, online question certain aspects of what I'm writing, and I you know I encourage that. I, I think I've put a, a unique story out there and a valuable story, but um, I think there's room for debate. And I but I really think that if if we weren't um, stuck in in this bureaucratic nightmare, if we weren't um, if healthcare wasn't controlled by by the bureaucracy and, and by um, insurance and pharmaceutical company um, executives that, that we could all figure out how to have uh, a great system. It's something that needs to be organized around patients, 
and around healthcare professionals. Um, so, so yeah, I, I get lots of back and forth, and um, and I really enjoy it. Now, the book is uh, doing excellent. Uh, what what are some of your goals for the book? Well, I, you know, the goal number one is is to fix American healthcare. Um, I, you know, I guess that's kind of a lofty goal, and maybe I have delusions of grandeur, but, um, you know, when healthcare works right today, uh, as I said, miracles are possible, um, but when it doesn't work, um, people suffer, and people um, take huge financial hits, and, and they die, and it's, and it's pointless, and, and we're a country that can do better than that. So, so number one, I would like to, you know, move forward the, the um the topic of healthcare reform, um, and uh, and I, you know, I I'd like to mix it up politically a little bit. Um, I, I think that uh, part of what's going on is uh, a failure of of our leadership, um, and one of the things, uh, you know, I think that has become apparent is um, our leaders don't appear to be capable of, you know, delivering. Uh, uh, a healthcare system that works, and, and I think we need to get leaders that do, because this um, this hurts us as a nation, um, and it hurts us in the eyes of, of other nations. And, and so, yeah, I'd like to really um, uh, move the the conversation forward and, and get involved on some level. Um, you know, day in day out, I'm, I'm in my my uh, my little practice. I, I'd I'd love it uh, if if uh, one day a week I was I was uh, out there in the bigger world, um, trying to get this issue fixed, and and so writing this book was was uh, a way to um, to get my voice out there. Well, the book is incredibly fascinating. You've got a lot of uh, good things in the book. Um, do you have a particular writing style that that you use with the book? Well, uh, you know, it's 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 been an interesting process to write a book like this. I don't consider myself a writer. I was not a writer till I wrote this book. And um, and last summer at this time, I was I was really deep uh, in the writing process. I had a deadline for my publisher um, of uh, of September. And um, you know what I found was that the the writing process itself, the the struggle to get the words down and to formulate the ideas. It informed the process. So, you know, I had outlined uh, a book um, briefly, but but the the book that ended up getting written was quite different from what I had initially envisioned, and I think far far better. The the thing that I like to include, two things that I like to include. Um, number one is is real examples because I think that really brings things home. There there are so many unique tales that are, are taking place that people are are just not familiar with. Um, and also, I like to throw in a little bit of humor because um, talking about um, regulations and and the details of getting paid and computerization can be awfully dry. And and of course, you know, the topic of bureaucracy, um, even me, uh, you know, my eyes, uh, you know, would would uh, begin to close. So so I tried to throw in as much humor as I could um, uh, to make the the uh, information readable and compelling. Well, the, the the book is incredible. You put together a, a lot of good things here. Um, do you have a follow up or anything planned for the book? Well, you know what, 
the the number one follow-up is is my weekly blog, and that's on MatthewHahnMD.com. Um, so at least once a week, um, what I try to do is kind of uh, talk about something that's that's happened in the office that that is revealing about something, or more revealing about something that I included in the book, or or something that's happening, you know, in in healthcare or politics. Um, and so number one, people can certainly go to that site, and as I said. A lot of my posts go up on Kevin MD, which is probably the most popular medical blog site in the country. And and as I said, I'm I'm uh, you know I'm, I'm still working on getting this book out there. It just it just came out on Tuesday, so so we're in the process of of getting the book out there. But but yes, I I do see um, I'm beginning to write notes on on a follow up that that at least at the moment is a healthcare reform plan that everyone could love and uh and we'll see how how everything shapes up but but it, it's really um it's taking the final chapter of of the current book of distracted the big fix and and fleshing that out and taking it down some other some other areas but um but yeah that's where I'd like to head with things at this point well the the book is great um as far as what you're hoping to accomplish with the book um, do you happen to, to know if anybody uh, is is going to be uh, turning it into in, any type of audio book or anything like that? Or you know, I, I I haven't heard that from from my publisher yet. I can tell you an interesting factoid about my my first book, Staying Alive. Um, my publisher just uh, contacted me and said that it's it it's probably going to be translated into Korean. So <laughs> I never expected that. Um, but that's certainly uh, a direction for, for the book. It is uh, distracted is out um, as an e-book. Um, so yeah, it's uh, uh, hopefully we're gonna we're gonna take it down as many avenues as we can, and I, I hope that it it gets out there because it's a, a I think a unique story, and um, and it's it's something that I think would move healthcare reform forward, and and as I said, it's it's just vitally important because day in day out. Um, my staff and I and, and, you know, physicians all over America and nurses all over America um, see, you know, the, the tragedy that's going on in American health care. And it, it's something we absolutely have to fix. If, if we're going to be a great nation in the 20th 20- We've got a brand new marketing partner with us today at Transmedia Worldwide, ReadyBusinessFunding.com. When a business needs additional capital to expand, purchase inventory, or get through a tight pinch, They turn to Ready Business Funding. Ready Business Funding provides simple, fast business capital from $10,000 to $500,000. We value cash flow over the credit score and can approve your business loan in as little as a day with funding in one to two business days. Complete our quick online pre-qualification form at www.readybusinessfunding.com. That's R-E-A-D-Y-B-U-S-I-N-E-S-S-F-U-N-D-I-N-G.com. That's right. Readybusinessfunding.com. And tell them you heard about it here. Transmedia Worldwide. An incredible new marketing partner with us today at Transmedia Worldwide. Just an incredible, incredible new marketing partner. Let's tell you about a great new Indiegogo campaign. It is sweeping the nation and it is sweeping the world. Grab a cab. What have I told you? Grab a cab. Could be an awesome experience every single time. This comes from Norway. 
Grab a Cab will be the legal cab app connecting you in any request you may have with nearby taxi drivers, regardless of the company. With our unique logistics technology, taxi drivers will get less miles without passengers. Passengers will have the access to all online Grab a Cab using taxi drivers in the area, regardless of taxi company and taxi meter. This is an amazing new project. This app features the latest in app technology. Some of this includes unique logistics technology, track car locations in real time, choose car that meets your needs, estimate the price, pay the fare, share a cab with others going the same direction, making it cheaper, inform the driver of any request, and rate both the driver and the taxi experience. Check out Indiegogo.com. Search Crab a Cab. That's I-N-D-I-E-G-O. G-O dot com. Search Grab a Cab. That's G-R-A-B-A-C-A-B. And tell them you heard about it here. Transmedia Worldwide. We're going to take a brief break. When we come back, we've got more coming up here on our big program. Marketing partner was today at Transmedia Worldwide. An amazing, amazing Kickstarter project. Help thousands of families and get permanent rewards by backing this incredible campaign. Check it out today on Kickstarter.com. That's K-I-C-K-S-T-A-R-T-E-R.com. Wildfire Protection Barrier Shield. Wildfires. It's about time we change how we protect our investments. Devastating wildfires destroy thousands of structures every year. And Crystal Saunders is with us today to help us with this incredible project. Check it out on Kickstarter.com. A protective barrier that saves property and belongings from wildfires. Wildfires have devastating consequences for people caught in their path. Thousands of families lose their homes, businesses, and belongings every year. Wildfires move quickly and unpredictably. People in at-risk areas usually have little warning before they must evacuate their homes, leaving them with no option to abandon their belongings and get on the road quickly. They return to find that their home, business, family, heirlooms, and the memorable moments they shared in those places are gone. Many of them are left destitute and without a home. Check it out today on Kickstarter.com. That's K-I-C-K-S-T-A-R-D-E-R.com. Search Wildfire Protection Barrier Shield and tell them you heard about it here. Transmedia Worldwide. Lady Elizabeth Townsend, taking the social media by storm. Two-time author on Amazon.com. Novels, My King Jesus. Two online broadcast radio shows. She is a born-again Christian with her latest country gospel CD titled My King Jesus, going around the world on radio and social media outlets, U.S. and U.K. Her passion is to see people come to the level in life that God ordained for them in the earth. For more information about Lady Elizabeth Townsend, log on to her website, www.LadyElizabethTownsend.com. Subscribe to her YouTube channel. Follow her on Twitter and Facebook. Welcome back to our big program. 
iHeartRadio, also AMFM247.com. 50-plus AMFM stations across the country and around the world. iHeartRadio as well. Deodorant 101 is our topic today. What is the most important summer accessory? Well, of course, deodorant or antiperspirant. Uh, doesn't matter. Many are unaware of what the difference is between the two. Joining us with the scent scoop, our guru, Princeton Consumer Labs, Barry DeWitt. How are you, Barry? Hi there. How are you? Thank you so much for having us on today. Now, uh, first of all, uh, what the heck is an odor guru do? Well, for the last 25 years, I've had my nose stuck in people's armpits, and a lot of the time on their feet as well, checking what kind of odor they're producing. So companies like Secret can come along with their amazing products, and we can check the efficacy and make sure that they're actually doing what it says on the tin. Now, uh, that seems pretty interesting. With, with the official start of summer uh, just last week, which means we could use a lesson on how to make the best use of our deodorant products, can you help us out, my friend? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think it's important for people to understand what the difference is between the two sets of products. There's an AP product and a DO product. And normally what happens is the DO product actually just masks the smell of the odor, whereas an AP product actually works by fitting, fitting out the claws. Okay. <laughs> That is a uh, that is a heck of a deal. We've got uh, our topic today, deodorant 101. Barry DeWitt joins us here on a broadcast. Now, um, with all the choices out there, how do people know which ones work best for them, my man? You know what? Actually, that's a really good question. People come to me all the time and say, you know, you work in the industry. What's the best product to actually use? The shop are full of products. It's like a conga line of amazing products out every shelf in every supermarket. For me, I always come back to the same thing, Secret. Secret's got products that are wonderful for every woman's needs. You know, there's the new Invisible Spray Collection. It's not available until mid-July, but it's perfect for people on the go. It's got the patented fade-resistant scent technology, which actually works by opening the receptors in the nose to the fragrance, and the fragrance on these particular products lasts for around 48 hours. So you're going to smell as fresh in 48 hours as you did the moment you applied the product. There's the Fresh Collection. It's available in 11 different scents. It's got the same technology as the spray, but it comes in 11 different scents. The clinical strength, if you're one of those people who are worried, you know, about sweating during the day, you work in a studio like you guys do, you want to know that the guys next to you are not smelling any bad odors or seeing any sweat marks on your clothes. Clinical strength secret actually gives you two times the sweat protection of an ordinary antiperspirant. Absolutely, absolutely amazing. Now, uh, where do we go for more information, my friend? You know what? Check out secret.com. gives you all the information on all the products, and it'll advise you the best ones for you. Well, uh, before we let you go, uh, you, you, uh, you've got some interesting experiences. You're considered the leading expert in uh, the industry. Uh, any more advice for us before we let you go? You know what? I think you have to know how to apply the product. It's really important to make sure you apply the product in, 
in all the area underneath the arm. Make sure you really get in there. Don't just give it a little tickle with the product. For all of this, you can find on secret.com. Check it out, guys. It's the most amazing website. It'll tell you what products are the best ones for you. 